I'm David Manilow, and welcome to the dining table. On the table this week, it's winter, but you probably already know that. For me, winter means comfort food and also great soups and stews and gumbo. And speaking of gumbo, my guest will tell you why it's all about the root. It's funny, too, because I always thought, if I serve that gumbo in Luella's and someone tells me that this is not authentic, come on. I'll speak to Darnell Reed of Luella's Southern Kitchen in Lincoln Square. It had the okra, the chicken, the rice. It had all those all those components, but it was more of a brothy soup, and it didn't have the dark root. And over the years, I have learned that that's like a, a West African gumbo. Also, he'll tell us why every time he cooks, he's just bringing back childhood memories of his great-grandma from Mississippi. That's all coming up next on The Dining Table. I'm here with Darnell Reed from Luella's Southern Kitchen, chef owner. Hey, Darnell, how's it going? It's going well. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. So, you know, I was thinking about this. You're in Lincoln Square, and you've been there for a while. And I, I popped over to Lincoln Square a couple of days ago, and it's such a charming neighborhood. You know, and the, the way I look at Lincoln Square, it's kind of like a genuine neighborhood. They have really interesting restaurants. They have Gather, a new place, Geraldine's, where I got this uh, chocolate banana tahini muffin that was pretty outstanding atelier is new even though it was elizabeth before uh, and then of course the classic jean sausage shop right yes seriously old school and luella's which is also like a really authentic genuine southern kitchen w w tell me about lincoln square a little bit for people who've never been there well, it was kind of as you were as you were heading on. It's a very like I would say diverse neighborhood, but I mean diverse in every way. You kind of have everything you need in our neighborhood because there's also a movie theater right across the street from Luella's. Sure, we have the Davis Theater. We have a really good variety of restaurants. If you want Italian, you want Asian. Right. We even have the Argentinian Steakhouse. They have the right. Greek restaurant down the street. Barbariani, I go there often. I would say it's a fun neighborhood for foodies. For sure, and you can change it up without leaving the neighborhood. I think I feel like you can you can go a few weeks without leaving the neighborhood, and you can always have something different. Maybe at least two weeks, at least maybe more. It's also good, like you know, the, some neighborhoods you can't find any lunch places. Like I know your dinner mostly. You can do lunch. You can do lunch at a bunch of places. So you can hang out uh, day and night. But it's a it's an interesting thing because it's it's I used the word charming before, but it's really just kind of like it's a, it's a little throwbacky. But it's just like I like walking around. I mean, you got bookstores and little toy stores, right? Yeah, and coffee shops. It's really a charming area, and it's also. Even though it's simplified, but it's still it's a neighborhood because there's a lot of neighborhoods, I would say, in Chicago that is maybe a business district or congested, but it's, so they don't have everything. Like we have the park right on Montrose. Everything, everything's here. Yeah, you have um, the music school. Old Town. Yeah, we have Old Town Music School. It's like there's a lot, a lot going on in Lincoln Square where you really don't have to leave your neighborhood. I was thinking about like, where I said throwback and kind of some of these places almost bring back some childhood memories. And I was wondering, Luella's, named after your great-grandma from Mississippi, are you, like, cooking and recreating childhood memories for you, for yourself? Most definitely. And I like to tell our customers that as well. So the food is the thing that she did for us growing up. All the family get-togethers, all the holidays and things like that. But our restaurant has been more than 
just the food. Like you come into the restaurant, the music that's being played, we actually play vinyls here. So the music that's being played is music that I used to hear her listening to or just someone in our family when we were gathered at her place. Like a lot of my memories of music is music that when I was growing up, I would say I didn't enjoy it probably because I was too young to understand it. Mm -hmm. But now it gives me memories of her and it's like feel good music, but I have a lot of Motown and stuff like that. Like just, so it's like very nostalgic. But right. in addition to the music, we have like artwork from Ernie Barnes from the TV show Good Times. Cause I used to watch good, I used to watch Good Times with her all the time. So that was another one. So the way I look at it is like, the restaurant is about a lot of my memories and our family's memories. Cause whenever I have a family member, family member that stops up here, they, they can feel it too. But mm. I'm hoping that, you know, sometimes we've been nine years open now. Wow. Maybe sometime down the road, people would be like, oh, you know, I, I remember growing up on Luella's and I remember the music that they played or the artwork. And, you know, it's just about, for me, like it's about creating memories for people just right. the, the same way that it's about my memories. Maybe I'm creating new ones, especially for our regulars. That's awesome. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a, you know, just like any good spot, it's the atmosphere along with the service and along with the food. And speaking of the food, tell us about like things that you really love and that people crave when they come in. So I would say my, my favorite item off the top is the shrimp and grits. It's a couple of things about it. First of all, New Orleans barbecue shrimp is like my favorite way to eat shrimp. And that's, the, that's what we serve. So we serve New Orleans barbecue shrimp, but we serve it with house meal grits. So we get the corn from Three Sisters. We have a, a, a stone mill in the back and we grind the corn fresh. I, I tell people it's like grits like they never had them because a lot of people don't get freshly milled grits. A lot of people can make some great grits, but I even tell chefs sometimes like, even if your grits are great, mill them fresh and still follow your same recipe. You're going to taste the difference. It's going to be a big difference versus using instant grits or some farm grits you can order and, and the quality of corn will still be the will still be on par because they're milling it as opposed to you milling it. It's just, I think, like a sense of pride for us to mill it. So the shrimp and grits would be my favorite. I, I know that our customer's favorite is definitely the fried chicken. So our buttermilk fried chicken has been very popular. Those are some items that we've had from day one. Our chicken and sausage gumbo has been the day one. Our French toast has been picking up traction because that's one that I even, I get calls just about every month of people asking, oh, what is it going to be next month? And things like that because we, we change the French toast flavor every month because we serve brunch every weekend. So we serve brunch on Saturday and Sunday. And right now our French toast is, um, is lemon meringue. Hmm. And, and we haven't uh, duplicated a flavor yet. And I've been trying to, Wow. Keep that going. You know, doing it once a month kind of makes it easier yeah. because back in my hotel days, we had to do a special every day and try not to repeat the special. So once a month, it's like, come on, how many months in my life? <laughs> so, yeah, so I can come up with a different, you know, come up with a different French toast, you know, without having to repeat probably ever. Speaking of your hotel days, what age were you when you started working and cooking in hotels? I was 16. I started in the Palmer House Hilton. The thing is, I will say they hired me at 16, but my birthday is in April. Uh, they hired me, they actually hired me on St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day, 1997. Wow. But they didn't put me on a schedule until like June. So I was 17 when I started working. But <laughs> okay. so yeah, I got, I, I got hired as an intern and didn't get any hours. And one day out of the blue, they called me up and... That was it. That was it. Started working there and worked in that hotel for eight years. But I worked with hotels and with Hilton for 18 years, but it started in Palmer House. Wow. And so what was it that 
you know, made you think like, this could be my career or I have a passion for it. I studied a little bit in school. My great grandma would be proud. How did you make the decision that this is a type of industry you wanted to go into? Well, the, the type of industry I wanted to go into, I think it was like always, always within me because I used to, um, actually my mom said she knew it before even before I, I did, because I used to watch Justine Wilson, the Cajun chef on channel 11. Okay. I, I, when I was a kid, I used to really enjoy watching him cook. And I, I would say now I really get it. Like, but I, when I was a kid, I just enjoy what I was seeing happening on TV, but I didn't dabble in cooking when I was a kid either. I just was enjoying watching him. But it wasn't until I actually went to high school and we had to take our, I went to Dunbar, I graduated from Dunbar Career Academy. I took up culinary arts and I really enjoyed it. And they placed everyone somewhere. We all got jobs somewhere during our sophomore year. Hmm. And, and the job that I got was at the Palmer House Hilton. I was just having fun at work. I think I liked the atmosphere. We had a, we, at one point we had 108 cooks. Oh. Yeah, that, that, that was, it was, the Palmer House was a monster, a big, a big hotel. Right. So um, I just enjoyed being around everyone, being in the kitchen. It wasn't really translating to me, but I think that that's kind of, it was a natural translation from what was happening at home because I kind of grew up with my great-grandmother because it was always family over. There was, a lot of, there was always a lot of people in the kitchen, even though she was doing most of the cooking. Her um, living room was right next to the kitchen. So it was like, it was almost, they were almost connected. So it was like... Hmm. We'll eat at the kitchen table, but we can still see the television from there and stuff like that. So it was a pretty cool experience. But when I was working in the Palmer House, I've already had the foundation of enjoying um, working in big groups and things like that. But I will say the more chefs believe in me, the more I start believing myself because they I started getting promotions without asking for them. Mm. Like they were saying, you, you, you know, we see something in you. And honestly, I think about those days. I even thought about one of those days yesterday because I had a cook that told me that. We were both line cooks. And he was like, if you're not, if you're not in a really good position in 10 years, I'm going to be disappointed in you mm. because I see something in you. That's great. So a lot of people used to tell me that, but honestly, I didn't see it in myself. I would definitely say that. I'm like, what do they see? I'm just working like everyone else. But um, I guess they were right because I used to get that. And I, I would, uh, throughout the years, different promotions, but the more promotions I got, the more hungry I got and the more I wanted. I was like, okay, if they believe in me and they think I can do this and I enjoy doing this, then I started to push even further and I wanted, I just wanted more. So I started in the Palmer House as a prep cook and I ended as a restaurant chef right, in sure. the Palmer House before I, before I was transferred, but worked my entire career with Hilton. That's awesome. You know, it's interesting what you're saying about like the camaraderie you had with family kind of translated right to the camaraderie you had with these chefs and cooks in the kitchen and, and, and lots of them. I never really think about that. <laughs> wow. That's a lot of chefs. It's, it's like a huge team. And I mean, I guess you'd use it for family too. Definitely. We were, we were family. They treated us like family, the older people, especially, especially because I think because I was 16 and because they saw that I was like energetic and hungry and I feel like they took me under their wing. The crazy thing is I just talked to one of the chefs because I keep in contact with a lot of them because I started as an intern. One of the chefs that was giving me my grades, mm. he was, I was getting my grades for school from him and I was thanking him and he said, you don't have to thank me. I should be thanking you. He said, we, we use you. You had energy, you were energetic and we use that to our advantage. That, that helped the hotel. So he was like, I should be thanking you. And I was like, okay, well, but, but thank you, you know? <laughs> but yeah, he said we, I was just full of energy and 
and also passion. And I was, I, I was really, I was really happy with accomplishment, with getting the job done and having a good day and making sure that we took care of our, even though like in Luella's, I could see the customers, my, my first restaurant, I couldn't see the customers, but I would, I would always ask for feedback. Oh, what did they say? What did they think? What did they, you know? So that was kind of my beginning, Palmer House Hilton. When you opened up Luella's, did any of these, you know, chefs, uh, cooks from the Hilton Popeye? And what was that like when they did? One of them actually worked for me for a few years, but, um, and he was, I always tell people that like, you know, this is the guy that trained me. This is the guy that trained me with the Palmer house. And now his, his grandkids work in the restaurant now. <laughs> no way. Yeah. 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 His, his grandkids work for me at Luella's, which is kind of crazy. And actually there's a second one that works with me now as well, but we were, we were more contemporaries cause we were both like line cooks together, but he's working with me. Actually, he's here today, but he's working with me in the kitchen, and his kids work here. And were they, they when they popped in? There must have been a, like a, a mutual sense of pride, right? I mean, they're proud of Definitely. you. You're proud of what you accomplished. That's so cool. I tell young people that now too. Like the older, the older cooks, or even the experienced cooks, just ask questions. A lot of us enjoy sharing knowledge, but I don't think without me saying it i don't think a lot of maybe it could be different in, in other kitchens but a lot of times they don't they don't ask the questions like they'll they they work they get the job done but they're not i guess they're not as interested because like, we we came up priding ourselves in working and i think it's a little different now i don't think people pride themselves in how much work they got now hey i worked 80 hours last week that, that's not a thing people brag about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. yeah. They brag about they brag about how often you know how often they work remotely and where they've just gone on their last vacation. Yes, that's a different story. Yes, yes. We used to brag about how many hours we pulled and who who worked the most doubles and back to backs, and it was it was it was challenging. But it was also because we were doing something that we enjoyed. Right. So we were bragging about like you know throwing down in the kitchen and. How long have we worked without anybody sending our food back? That was a big thing. Oh, wow. Like, I've been working here three years and never had anything sent back. You know, like, things like that, you know. So, let's say I wanted to make, you, you were talking about the chicken gumbo before. Let's say I want to make chicken gumbo at home, which sounds really great, especially for the winter. Is that something I can do and, and kind of give it the same kind of soul and love that you give it? Most definitely, because I will say, well, actually, I'll, tell, I'll answer that question first, but I'll tell you a second thing right after. But um, so it is something that you can do at home because also during COVID, oh, hotel friend from the concierge, we made gumbo at home via Zoom. So, you know, shared the recipe with them and I made it at the same time that they made it and things like that. The only thing that they had to do was pre-make their, um, their roux right. because, you know, the roux takes the most time. So you have to pre-make the roux. And we, yeah, we, we did it up at home. But yeah, you can most definitely make it at home because the dark roux is the thing that's going to take the longest. When, once you get your roux dark and you don't have to make it the same day, hmm. you can make the roux. It's only butter and flour. You can make it a few days ahead and just, or you, you can make it a week ahead if you put it in the fridge, but you're going to have to bring it back because it's going to get really, really solid like <laughs> once it hits the refrigerator. So you can make the roux a few days ahead and then you can just make your gumbo like you said, day of, because the rest of the process is pretty quick once the roux is done. Most of the time, a roux would take about 45 minutes of constant stirring. Gotcha. And I don't know if you remember, but we talked about this years ago. But the difference with our roux is that we treat it like 
we're really caramelizing it. So we actually do low and slow gotcha. versus anyone else in Louisiana, they would do high heat, but we do, or high to me, medium to high, but we do low and slow because we feel like to get the flower from blonde stage to a darker brown stage, if you do it over time, your butter is going to be almost almost like a brown butter. Your flour is going to be nicely caramelized. So instead of it being cooked until it's black, you're going to get a better flavor because it'll be more caramelized. And I think even without telling everyone, because I remember year one, a lot of customers used to ask us, who made the roux? Who made the roux? Who made the roux? I'm like, <laughs> so it made a big difference. I'm like, I've never got that question, who made the roux? I would have people say that they enjoyed the gumbo, but we got a lot of who made the roux. So I remember telling our guys, I'm like, I think it's catching on. The, 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 the slow roux is kind of a thing. You have to have patience because, you know, obviously you're making it slow. But um, the thing that I liked about it, especially, like you said, making it at home, if you make it low and slow, you can watch a movie. You can go back to it every 10 minutes and stir it. You can do you don't have to stand over it and continuously stir. Right. And I enjoy our gumbo because I'm sure a lot of people may hear this and be like, oh, that's not how we do it. I understand that's not how you do it. <laughs> Because, I, and I know the other way, but I prefer this way. You know, that's all. That's awesome. It sounds like we could we could start a, a either a show or an offshoot restaurant called Who Made the Roux? Who Made the Roux? There, like there we go. Who Made the Roux? <laughs> Who Made the Roux? I like that. I like that. Well, I'll try it at home because I like I like how you presented it. Like, I can watch a movie? Cool. I'm in. You, mo- you most definitely can. Because at the restaurant, we come back to it every now and then and stir it again. So we're not constantly stirring. But I'll just tell you quickly, my great-grandmother, and honestly, I didn't know that this, what it, this is what it was until I watched um, a program on television where they were explaining it. It's not how she made her gumbo. I make my gumbo this way because this is the most familiar way to make gumbo in our country, hmm. the, 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 the New Orleans way. Gotcha. But the way that she made gumbo, it had the okra, the chicken, the rice. It had all those, all those components but it was more of a brothy soup and it didn't have the dark root. Uh-huh. And over the years, I have learned that that's like a, a West African gumbo. Huh. And she was born and raised here in Mississippi, but I just think it's, it sucks because I always think like, we should ask the oldest member of our family more questions. Like, what did your grandmother make for you? And I didn't. But um, I'm like, that recipe came, it came from Africa because she was making it in our house all the time. And then I saw it being made. I think it was a Netflix series, but I saw it being made. And I'm like, this is what she made us. This is oh, exactly wow. what she made us. And it's funny, too, because I always thought if I serve that gumbo in Luella's and someone tells me that this is not authentic, come on. Like, <laughs> like, like this, is, this is what it was before it hit Louisiana, because I know that roux would have came from French people. The French would have created the roux and added the roux to the gumbo because they, they put their own spin on it. So that's why... Actually, that's what I love about Louisiana, to be honest to you, because there's so many different great chefs or hands in the pot, and they put together something that they feel like is, it's not that they feel like, it just naturally becomes a fusion. Naturally. Because even in Luella's, we use uh, filet powder. Okay. And I know that okra translates to gumbo, and okra actually came from Africa because she made it with okra. But I enjoyed the filet powder, and I know filet powder was kind of founded by Native Americans. Hmm. So it's like you have Native American, you have French influence, you have Southern, you know, you have African influence, and then you have three different influences, and now you have gumbo. Wow. So I, I just I just like that that part of it. I think what we could definitely leave from here is spend more time asking grandmothers and great grandmas questions. Yes, yes, do that. We, we, we should. They're not going to be there forever.
Yep. I, I did it toward the end, but it was kind of too late. She had Alzheimer's toward the yeah. end. And she tried. <laughs> she had tried to, and she gave me a little tips on like the cornbread and stuff like that. But sometimes she's like, I just don't, I don't remember. I'm sorry. I, I don't remember. Right. So I wish. <laughs> Quick last question. You know, you're kind of like what you would call your favorite restaurant. One that you would recommend is not Southern, but it's in Logan Square. And what is it? My favorite restaurant is Mitokaya for sure. I will tell you what, what marks it for me. Well, first of all, the food is delicious. Her burrito. I noticed that she made some changes to the menu because I wanted to tell you some items that I really enjoy because she had an oyster taco. She had a fish mole, which was a little different for me, but it was, it was, it was, that was amazing as well. Wow. But it's only happened to me a couple of times in my life that, and she was one of them, that I went to a restaurant and tried something that I, that I actually never enjoyed, but I tried it because I was enjoying everything else from her. I'm not a big fan of like guacamole, period. Mm -hmm. So I ordered her guacamole and I ordered it for that reason. Cause I'm like, and I was with uh, Jocelyn, my fiance, and I'm like, man, everything else is so good. Let's order the guacamole. <laughs> and we ordered the guacamole and it was amazing. Mm. And I, I wanted, I wanted to dig into a second, and it was a bowl. It wasn't like I just tried the guacamole. Sure. It was, you had to get in there. Bowl of guacamole. And I told her, I told Chef Diana that. And then I had a friend that he just recent, recently called me up and asked me, where should I eat? And I told him, me Tokaya. And I told him my experience. And I even told him about the guacamole. And he was like, dude, I don't, same thing. I don't, I don't like guacamole. <laughs> so I was like, just try it. Just try it. He tried it. He called me after and he was like, it was amazing. Wow. It was like, I don't know. I don't know how she did it. I don't know how she did it. So any chef that can make you enjoy something that you never liked your entire life. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was, that, that, that kind of did it for me. I'm like, you know what? She, she, she's, she's it. Yeah. She's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did some work with her. It's chef Diana Davila and, and she's great. If you haven't been to meet Takaya, it, it's worth going. It's, and it's a fun experience too, but it's interesting too, that you tried the guacamole cause you so enjoy, but I would use the word trust. You like trust. I trusted chef. her. Yes. Yes. I trusted her. Absolutely. I trusted her. I've had that experience one, one other time in life. And it was actually, I, when I cook, I like the, I don't like the texture of an onion. So I, I manipulate things like the gumbo. You caramelize it. Basically. I like caramelized onions on the burger. I like fried onions on anything, but the texture of like a raw onion, or if somebody grills an onion and it's not, it, I'm a, it's a texture thing with me. Absolutely. Right. So one time I went to, um, when it was still there, when Japanese was there by Morimoto. Sure. And he had that, he had that tuna pizza. <laughs> and I was 90% done with it before it was pointed out to me. Like, you see how many onions are on there? <laughs> and I'm like, what? And, I, and every time I went there, I ordered it again. Wow. So it's like, it's just like, like some chefs know, I guess they know what turns people off about certain items and they, and they fix that. <laughs> right. So, you know, so it, that, that was great as well. Well, that's wild. Hey, man. I love talking to you. I like talking to you about Rue. I have never talked this much about Rue, but now you've oh, yeah, convinced no. me. I'm I'm getting a movie. I'm making some Rue. Yeah, <laughs> I'm no, calling, seriously. Just, I'm just, calling just, you up in the in the middle of it when I have problems. No, you you won't. If you do it low and slow, you won't have problems. And I, I make it with butter. Yeah, it's easier. It's easier to burn with butter because it's butter. A sure. lot of people make it with oil, so you can make it with oil and be a little safer. But I like the flavor. I, mean, okay. I use butter. I'm going to do it mm -hmm. your way. All right. Yeah, Chef Darnell Reed, Luella's Southern Kitchen. Coming up on 10, not too far from 10 years there. So Not too far from 10 years. 10 years. Yep. Congratulations, continued success. Oh, and don't forget you can buy Luella's popcorn. 
Oh, for sure. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so we have uh, Luella's Popcorn as well. Um, you can find that. Well, that, that has its own website, but it's that. It's, uh, it's luellaspopcorn.com. So if you're looking for some popcorn, some gifts for the holidays, there you go. Always great talking to you. Great seeing you as well. Thank you. That's our show this week. I'd like to thank Darnell Reed of Luella Southern Kitchen for teaching me how to make a great gumbo. Also, Todd Manley of Crane's Audio Studio, our producer. You can follow me on Instagram at Eat Drink. Dave, and of course, other social media sites at Check Please Dave. And I hope to see you around the table again next week.